Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey, wrestling fans, this is Gary Michael Capetta, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer and the Stallion. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host, he's a stallion, I'm the enforcer, and this week we have a very special guest. You might know him as the voice of Ring of Honor, Caprice Coleman. Thank you so much for for coming to the show, man. Really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me, man. That's the first time I've been introduced as the voice of Ring of Honor, man. It felt good. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, that's something I definitely want to get to is you and uh, Ian Riccoboni are definitely finding a home together uh, on Ring of Honor television. Uh, Listen, 25 years in the business, uh, Ring of Honor veteran, NWA. uh, You know, I know you started your career in North Carolina uh, in Omega with Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. But if I read this right, you were born in Queens? How did you right the story. That's about 35, 40 minutes from us. So how did you get from Queens to North Carolina? Well, I moved uh, when my, my mom moved to North Carolina when I was real young, like three years old. So I've been in uh, North Carolina since I was like three years old. Oh, okay. So you didn't spend too much time over here in New York. I got you. How did yeah, you... My, my dad lives in New York, though, so I still, you know, visit from time to time. But I grew up in North Carolina. Not to put you on the spot, what do you like better, North Carolina or New York? Um, Honestly, North Carolina, because uh, if you can catch on in New York and come to North Carolina, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, that's for sure. That's what a lot of people are doing right now, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know you started your career in Omega, and everybody knows. if I feel like if you were wrestling in the Carolinas, you started there. That's kind of where... Joey Mercury, Shane Helms, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy. How did you get involved with those guys and training under them? Um, well, I, I started training um, with Matt before it was Omega. Um, it was called New Frontier Wrestling Alliance. And before that, it was the East Coast Wrestling Association. And, uh, and I was a referee for them. And um, I met, I, I saw one of their wrestlers, his name was Commando uh, at the time. Uh, the guy that I met, he was just putting up posters for, you know, a wrestling event they was going to have locally. And, um, and I told him that, you know, I wanted to be a wrestler. I wrestled all the way through school. So I was, you know, really good at, at um, you know, mat wrestling and all. And, um, he kind of laughed me off because I weighed like 120 pounds, 125 pounds maybe. And, uh, he told me, he said, Hey, if you want to come meet me at this place or whatever like that. And I came there and it was, you know, Matt, Jeff, uh, was it Joey Abs? What's his name? Um, and Marty Garner, uh, Trevor's dad. Um, it was you know it's a handful of guys there, and they were just their regular Jason Art, Jason Art, and uh, a couple of other guys, and they just you know had their wrestling training going there, and they talked to me and all, and 
kind of started from there. And um, I've, I've always, like I said, I wrestled all the way through high school, so I had that base. So um, once they figured out that I actually was, you know, legit in that, it, it didn't take them long to kind of train me for the ring. But because of my size, I kind of started out as a referee. Were you a fan of professional wrestling growing up? Absolutely. Since I was uh, three years old, man, I remember turning on the TV and seeing Dusty Rhodes, man. And that was like the first wrestler I ever saw. And I was like three, three years old. And he was talking about the devil in the boot. And uh, I forgot <laughs> who he was feuding on, but like, I, I never forgot that, man. I had to tune in to see what this devil in the boot was about. And, and, um, uh, have been watching it ever since. And I remember having to sneak to watch it because my mom wasn't big on wrestling at all. And then, when wrestling came on, it came on like Saturday mornings when, you know, cartoons were on with my, you know, brothers and sisters. And then it came on late at night, like after the news. Um, and so I had to sneak and stay up late at night to try to watch it, uh, stuff like that. So absolutely. So growing up, Dusty Rhodes was your guy? Yeah, Dusty Rhodes, you know, a lot of the, uh, the good guys, Rock and Roll Express, Dusty Rhodes, Sting. Um, I was a big, uh, uh, Pillman fan. Um, who else? Man, Luger. I liked the Horseman at, at the time as well. Nikita Koloff. Um, Tim Horner. Uh, man. Although, I mean, Tim Horner is one of the most underrated guys. One of the real workers uh, of the NWA for uh, sure. So it sounds like you were more of an NWA fan based upon your location, right? But absolutely. That's all we knew about until... Um, I think around fourth grade is when I always knew about like WWF uh, at the time, but we didn't have the stations that it came on because we just had regular TV, like antenna TV. And so if if I was going to watch it, I had to watch it at, you know, somebody else's house or, you know, every once in a while, like the rock and wrestling came on. Um, and that was like the only thing that came on regular TV that was affiliated with the WWF. Um, and then around, I want to say fourth grade or something like that. Uh, we got cable TV and then we were able to, I was able to see like WWF. I was the same way. You know, I grew up watching NWA first at that time was I, maybe out of rose, rose uh, colored glasses, if you will. But looking back on it now, I think the NWA is easier to watch than that early, well, mid to late 80s WWF. Do you feel the same way? Well, I don't know because I really didn't have much to compare to because I knew the uh, WWF guys through magazines because I would get all the magazines. And so I kind of knew about them, but I never had a chance to see them wrestle until, you know, um, until we was able to get cable. Or when I would go to visit my dad, my dad was always watching like WrestleMania or, you know, something like that. And he, and we would turned to it fast then and in New York it was it had pretty easy access um there but then like it was easy for me to follow NWA because you know that's that's all I had and so and then a lot of the times they would you know say hey we're going to be in Raleigh hey we're going to be in Charlotte Greensboro they were areas that were were familiar to me you know well my parents knew where it was so it was like these guys I might actually run into them one day you know what I mean um the real wrestling federation was was kind of seemed like something like kind of out of this world because you had like people from different countries. You had, um, you know, the iron Sheik and, and, and all these guys. And it was kind of like the real world wrestling federation. You know, you had Tito Santana and, you know, guys from, so everybody was from a different place, you know? And so, uh, I felt like the NWA was more, more personable, I would guess. Sure. And NWA, I mean, like you said, Charlotte Greensboro, I think all the star case that happened there, that's where yeah. that hotbed of professional wrestling was. And they offered such a different product than what the WWF offered at the time. I think to this day, you know, you can go back and you could watch um, Dusty and Nikita or, you know, um, Tully and Arn. And it's such a real hard hitting style that I think uh, I think it's what made that type of wrestling so popular and the studio wrestling as well. Um, not, not only that, they were they were more uh, they were like regular people, you know. At WWF at the time, they were more like characters. It was like they were extremely stereotypical. Like if you were if you were Tito Santana, you was 
eating, you know, beans and, you know what I'm saying? It was like you was all in whatever country you were from or whatever like that. So you, it was more of a character. And George Animal still, he was like an animal, you know? Uh, right. These guys were, were Hillbilly Jim was a, a country guy. You know, when when you had like, you know, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, the Road Warriors, Road Warriors were more characters, but they were like big guys that, you know, they were real people. You know, um, the WWF at the time were kind of like, you know, they were they were characters, superhero type type people. Right. Yeah. Like you could see Ole Anderson at the bank, but you're not going to see the Ultimate Warrior at the bank, that kind of thing. Right. 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 No, I got you. And I think that, you know, a lot of that holds true uh, to this day. Now, earlier, you know, in the um, we were talking about, I said you were the voice of Ring of Honor. You I mean, you've been with Ring of Honor since I believe 2004. Is that true? Sure. I think that, yeah, that was the beginning. So you've been with the company 15 years, 16 years. I mean, right up there with the Briscoes in terms of length. When you started there in 2004, how would you compare, I, I know it's tough to do, but how would you compare what it was like then to what really Ring of Honor professional wrestling is like now? Um, it's night and day because when I first started uh, getting booked with Ring of Honor, um, because I wasn't like a member of the roster until, you know, my, my, my tenure now. Uh, before, I was kind of like, you know, they would bring me in every once in a while. And I was trying to get a job, but, you know, it, it just never happened. But at that time, Ring of Honor was more like a big indie place. It was, a, you know, it was one of the indies that, you know, everybody wanted to get to. Um, and they were they would call me up, and I was working at that time in the very wild side with Bill Barron's, and they had a good relationship with Bill Barron's, and they seemed, you know, pretty hot on me uh, at the time. And so at the beginning... It was just like a really cool booking. But then when I got up there, I was like, man, you know, I was kind of used to being, you know, the the big guy in the pond where I was at. Um, but everybody in Ring of Honor was like, great, you know. And I remember even being in the back and, and watching some of the matches and just taking it off um, to where, you know, I, I was almost intimidated by some of the talent. You know, you had, um, oh man, who were some of the guys? Had CM Punk. Um, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson at that point. Oh, it was it was all the like the big guys now, you know, and they were they were wrestling there in Austin Aries and Roger Strong and and man, it was uh, it was just and they the way they had it together is like everybody had a role, everybody knew who they were, and the crowd knew who they, and the crowd was hot, and it, it wasn't like at big places, you know, they were holding at like you know um. Venues where you could hold, you know, three, four hundred people or, or whatever like that, 150 people or whatever. But like the shows, like people were engulfed and you just know low key, you just you just knew you were like uh, you was watching something different. And, and I just knew it was different. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, now. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And now. No, no, um, no, cause, yeah. Go ahead. Continue. And, and now it's just it's, it's, it's one of the majors, you know, I feel. Because they have people on the contract, exclusive contracts. They're able to pay you enough to where you can make a living on it. You don't have to pay to go there. They they bring you up. They they pay for your flight, pay for your rooms. They they give you a salary or whatever your pay is. You know they take care of you. And then you get there, they have food for you, and uh, you know what's going on. And, and the, the crowd is real. And they have like you know the setup is nice. Uh, so on TV. Like, what else can you ask for, you know? And, and the thing I love about it is the fact that with their schedule, I, I'm a, I'm allowed to follow my dream, um, be part of my dream, and still be a part of my family as well. Yeah, and I think that's what, you know, draws a lot of people to Ring of Honor. And you also mentioned I have, you know, the, Ring, the Honor Club. They have everything that the quote-unquote major companies do. Now, you know, so I would say the last... 18 months or so ring of honors really undergone uh, somewhat of a, a transition you know the uh yeah the young bucks leave kenny omega and um cody rhodes and things like that and some people might have been critical of ring of honor for uh quote unquote letting the talents go or um you know some of the attendance of shows but i feel like now when you look at the ring of honor roster it's probably the deepest it has been in quite some time um i mean then the the stars that are signing uh bandito ray horace uh just locked down marty skrull you know for a company that like you said the schedule is very friendly for the professional wrestler 
What do you think Ring of Honor, you know, plans to do differently in 2020? Because, you know, the business is cyclical. There's peaks and valleys, don't get me wrong. But for, I mean, just the matches and the talent announced for Supercard of Honor coming up in a couple of weeks, I think 2020 is going to be a, a pretty big year for Ring of Honor. 2020, I think every year we continue to get better. And you think about, you know, you got Cody, the Young Bucks, and the guys that, that went to AEW and I wish them the best, but that's not the first time we've lost people. You know, um, you know, we've lost people before, you know, the undisputed areas. Look at WWE now. It's kind of a version of Ring of Honor. You know, you, you got so many guys there that come from Ring of Honor. You got AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. You got, you know, uh, Tyler Black. You, you know, you, yeah. you, you got Kevin all Owens, Sammy Zane, Rollins, Kevin, uh, Yeah, and so it's basically, you know, it's not something that we haven't been through before. Um, I believe this time the reason why it stands out is because, you know, uh, that group had the opportunity to start their own thing. And it was with somebody that, you know, was, was wanting to go head to head with Vincent man with that type of money. And, um, you know, it was an opportunity that's hard for anybody to turn down. And so I believe what it did was open up doors for everybody to be able to eat, you know, and I don't believe anybody's going to suffer or anybody's going to lose out because of the, of the way that ring of honor is built and, and the branch that we're under. You know, with Sinclair Broadcast Network, um, we're in a very, very, very safe place. And and not only that, uh, with 2020, uh, Marty Skrull resigned, and he resigned as head booker. And so he's going to be, you know, helping out with a lot of things as well. And so there's going to be a lot of changes uh, in Ring of Honor to look forward to, um, surprises, and, and some things that we haven't even announced yet that we I can't really talk about, uh, you know. But, 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 I, but I can say things are getting a lot bigger. And I, and I would say, I would say that, um, and all we can do is just, just wait and see. And so there is a base that's, that's been very faithful and loyal to us. Um, there, there's always going to be those fans that, that follow their favorites, you know, and with the young bucks and Cody and Kenny, they were kind of between, you know, ring of honor and new Japan uh, all at the same time. So, um, a lot of those people were following both of those products. And so if they're following AEW um, or whatever, that's all good as well. But we still have our fan base and it continues to grow um, with the things that we're implementing in 2020. And I just think it's good. It's a good time for wrestling. You know, you have a lot of promotions that are, that are able to pay these um, great athletes um, what they're worth and give them a way to, to make a living for themselves. So I can't look at a company and be mad at a company for around a lot of my friends uh, a chance to be able to pay their bills doing what they love to do yeah and you know like i said earlier with the honor club i mean it's the honor club is 9.99 a month or if you pay for the year it's i think 100 or something like that and when you look at it just four or five years ago people are paying 60 dollars a month you know for one pay-per-view so yeah. you pay your 9.99 a month for whether you do the wwe network or you know in the honor club in there you can get three to four streaming services for half the price of one of the pay-per-views. And there's so much content now that ring yeah. of honors putting out there when they put the, um, the TV shows, they were uh, decided to stream the TV tapings live. It's such yeah. a good investment. And for those fans who, like you said, they might've, you know, followed their Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Brian Danielson. Um, the ring of honor always has the next generation of superstars at the ground floor. I mean, you had, like I said, you had the CM Punks and the Undisputed Era. So when you watch those shows, you're you're seeing, you know, the people that you watch for X amount of years in Ring of Honor. And right now, you know, the I mentioned that the talent pool is so deep. You, as a veteran locker room presence, who do you think is ready to take that next step in Ring of Honor to become, you know, that necessarily the torchbearer, but that main event person that we, you know, we haven't seen yet. Oh man! Oh man! That's, that's I can't answer that question. There's so much. Um, I'm 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 a huge fan of Flip Gordon now, um, with the mercenary thing he's doing. Not just because uh, of his style, but like the change that he's underwent. Because there are a lot of high flyers, and and I was you know high flyer risk taker and and all that stuff as well. But it came a point in time where I realized that you got to last. You got you got to be in the sport to for longevity and he he's found a way to continue to do what he's doing and be smart about it and he's added so much to his game so 
I believe he's gonna um, he's he's gonna be great. We, of course, we got Roosh, Bandito, Dragon Lee, Shane Taylor, um, who's who's definitely way underrated um, with, with his talent. Kenny King, um, Jonathan Gresham, my God, Jonathan Gresham, I, I would I would put him against anybody um, in a in a pure wrestling match, and that guy would run circles around him. He he. He just knows so many styles of wrestling. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, it, it really doesn't. I mean, because it's like he, he's a wrestling encyclopedia. And I'm not just talking about like what happened in 1991 and Star This, I'm talking about as far as moves and transitions and styles. And he just has, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing to watch him um, perform. Um, same thing with Jay Lethal. Um, and it's just, it's so much. You got lifeblood, uh, come, I, I like Mark Haskins. I like Tracy Williams. Um, man, Roosh. Oh my goodness. Roosh is like, he's like a modern day ultimate warrior. Uh, PCO is like, he's like a movie. Like it's like a movie that needs to be written about him because I, I remember, uh, PCO when he was part of WWF, I was a big fan, um, of, of, of the tag team and, and all. So I remember watching him wrestle Bret Hart, WrestleMania. And, and then like, he just kind of like disappeared because of like heat. But then he like reinvented himself. He's 52 years old now. And like he's world champion. I mean, that's something movies is made of, you know, movies are made of, um, man, who else, man? Oh my God, you can't do this to me. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the Briscoes, it, we got so much tech Dalton castle. My God, Dalton Castle is like his own. He's like an enigma, man. He's like something you've never seen before. He's a, he's a, he's a, a character, but he's a, a tremendous wrestler as well. Um, Greco like Roman Joe background Hendry. freestyle. Joe Hendry from Scotland, man. He's a not only is he a great wrestler, he's extremely strong. And he's a smart guy, um, easy to get along with, very talented. He's like a legit singer. Like you could download his music on Sony, like on iTunes and stuff. Like it's, uh, and it's just. I don't know, man. It's, it's the talent pool is so deep. You got um, the the um, the bouncers. You know, two big guys that can move and it's it's man. I don't know. You got SOS. It's, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to start naming people because I'm gonna miss somebody <laughs> and they're gonna be like, oh man, I thought out. we was boys and you didn't. You know, say it. But but I'm just saying this is coming to my head. Um, and so it's not just one person. Marty Skrull. It's always going to be, you know, that guy that, you know, um, that that's in the forefront that you just know can be world champion at any time. You got Matt Taven. Not only Matt Taven um, can be world champion at any time, but then you got Vinny Marseglia, who, who, who's like, just came into a whole nother character. You know, you got that's Bateman. scary dude right now. Uh, oh, my God. It's, 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 it's too, that's an answer that can't be, they can't be, it's a question that can't be answered because, is we have our talent pool is so deep um, that it's it's um, anybody really. You mean you got then we got stuff going on with you know the NWA now and it's man I don't know I I don't know I don't I, I, that's that's one question that I've been asked that uh, I really don't know. There's there's, there's so much um, it's it's deep and I didn't honestly I knew that it was deep. But until you asked me that question, um, I didn't realize how deep it was because my head is spinning trying to think <laughs> of a legit answer to give you. And any combination of those guys you mentioned is going to be a great match. But you know, you mentioned one guy that I've been. Oh my god! I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Jeff Cobb, Dan Ma. I mean, come on, man! Like, are you kidding me right now? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, not at all. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we had him on the show, uh, Shane Taylor. I think yeah. Shane Taylor is uh, an unsung hero for Ring of Honor. What he was able to do with the TV title, we spoke to him. It was probably three years ago now. It was Shane Taylor and Keith Lee when they were, back then they were the Pretty Boy Killers. And Shane Taylor said, you know, watch what's going to happen. He's going to do his thing. It was right after Keith Lee left. And that dude has reinvented himself on such a level. When you see Shane Taylor wrestling on a card, you're like, you know you're getting your money's worth in that match. So many five star matches, um, and that this back to back to back, and um, he everybody knows who he is. They knows his they know his presence, and it's almost like he he was the champion that that wasn't supposed to be champion. You know what I'm saying? And sure. and and they they look at him, if you look at you know 
what a champion is supposed to look like, supposed to sound like, supposed to do it, and all this type. He was, he was almost the opposite of that. And uh, he held that championship, man. And, and you know, what? Well, he was a television champion, but I, I could easily see him being world champion, you know, um, especially now with, you know, uh, Shane Taylor promotions and what he's, what he's done with being able to buy out his own contract. And, come on, man. It's so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it really it writes it's, itself. It's such a good story. Um, like you said, going and even it's crazy. Just listing the talent off the top of your head, it kind of makes you sit back and go, "Whoa!" Like there's, it's almost like you you wish Ring of Honor had had more shows because there's so much talent that you would like to be able to, yeah. you know, to have on each show. But it, it's just it's not feasible and it makes sense that, you know, to do it the way they're doing it. I, you know, you mentioned Marty, he signed, he's going to be the head booker. Is, you think there's any trepidation in being a talent as well as a booker, especially in this time? Cause I mean, I think the general consensus was a lot of people thought um, Marty Skrull was going to leave Madison Square Garden as a champion. That didn't happen. And now it's like, uh, you know, if he's the booker and makes himself the champion, do you think it's a tough spot for him almost? Um, it's as tough as, as anybody makes it because, you know, everybody's going to have their opinion, but uh, AEW is their own booker. And that's booked by a lot of wrestlers there. Nobody's complaining about that. You know, I think if anything, Cody's they're complaining the other way. Yeah. Huh? I think if anything, in AEW, they're complaining that they're, um, they're really not booking themselves strongly enough. Well, there you go. I mean, it's people, people are always going to have their opinion. Um, I believe Marty has a, a big job ahead of him. I don't believe, um, if Marty became champion, that it would be, I'm Booker now, I should be champion because, you know, a lot of people feel Marty should have been champion a long time ago. Sure. And so I believe if it plays out that way, it won't be the, you know, uh, Kevin Nash finger oh. point of doom. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah, of it, course. It, it's, not, it's not because Marty's a smart guy, man. You see what he did with building enterprises and um, the way he's been able to even, even sell himself and his products and, the way he was able to been able to keep himself very interesting, and even the way he's invested in himself with his gear and somebody, you know, he can do so much for so many other people uh, with that mind that he has. And I'm kind of looking forward to see to see what he does, man. Because um, bringing new people in is one thing, but bringing somebody in that's already over, you know, with talent and over with the boys and over with the crowd, you know, and, and giving them um, power to to have insight on, on what goes on, man. It, it's a win win situation. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a really good idea, and it's a creative way um, to maybe you know sometimes you just need that change. And I, I think what Ring of Honor is doing, you have a free show coming up, uh, Free Enterprise. That is unheard of in professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, that is something that. Really, I don't think anybody's ever done. And then they just announced uh, Ring of Honor Past versus Present. Like, it's really different, exciting stuff that I think, as a fan of professional wrestling and Ring of Honor, you kind of have to, you know, pay more attention to at this point. Yeah, I, I, you you can't ignore it, man. I mean, you got a free show coming up that's going to be one hundred percent. It's not like a, a show where nobody's going to be there. Everybody's going to be there. It's going to be a top notch show, um, and I believe it's a chance for people to see something that they've probably turned away from. You know, let me see what this is about. And then once they see it, they're going to be blown away and they're not going to be able to help but come back and, and watch more of it because Ring of Honor, I believe, is the best wrestling going on the day. You know, it's the formula uh, that Ring of Honor has had for a long time that, that has a way of bringing in the top talent, making them stars. And whatever the stars do after that is on them. But it's the formula that hasn't changed. You know, and if you look at wrestling today, all all of us, even TNA, is all spinoffs of Ring of Honor. You yep. know, and even WWE, WWE has changed to like a, a spinoff. Not saying they're biting, but they've taken it to where there's so much of Ring of Honor's present there, presence there that has changed the wrestling. You know, you could you used to be able to say, oh, WWE was seventy five percent entertainment. 25% wrestling. Now, if you look at the time of wrestling and the time of talking, you might still argue that, but a lot of the matches that are put on are stellar matches now, but they're put on by people that were trained through us. You know what I mean? Without so, Ring of Honor, uh, 
there is no NXT. I think that's very obvious. You know, like NXT yeah, is the WWE's counter to a Ring of Honor where professional wrestling matters, less sports entertainment, more professional wrestling. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so um, if anybody's a Ring of Honor fan, it's definitely WWE. I put it that way. <laughs> they, they, they watch. They don't miss an episode. You know, they, they're they definitely watching and keeping an eye out. Um, how many of our guys, you know, come straight from Ring of Honor, straight to TV? You know what I'm saying? Straight straight on TV, no matter if it's NXT or WWE, straight to TV and, and straight to the top. You know, if you look at who holds all the belts now in NXT, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I mean, it's just, Red Dragon, for my money, is one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And what they were able to do in Ring of Honor really put them on the map. And then, sure enough, they go to NXT. I mean, they pair them with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong, two of the greatest, you know, Ring of Honor champions of all time. And you have the Ring of Honor section of NXT, you know? Yeah, and then you have the, the uh, what, what, tag team champions until last night. But War Machine, I mean, come on, you know? That's and these great guys, like you said, they, they didn't go to the performance center. They came right to television because they've straight been consistently putting on those matches. And and that's that's what it's about, man. It's um it's it's the formula that's that's not gonna quit. It's the formula that continues to go and reinvent itself and um we continue to make stars and even people that, you know, that come from WWE and come there or, you know, guys that the veterans that come or whatever. Um, people say, well, Ring of Honor is a place that you go to and then, and then you go somewhere else. But, but a lot of people are finding Ring of Honor as a home because we are owned by a company now that, that can afford to make it home for a lot of us, you know? And so, um, I think it's just a matter of time before uh, people understand, um, what Ring of Honor is really about. And, and, and we got today, we got time. Today we got time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and listen, they announced the past versus present show. My question is, will there be a CNC Wrestle Factory reunion on that show? Ooh. I don't know. All right. <laughs> well, that's something we're looking forward to. I mean, the past versus present is such a cool idea. You're bringing back a lot of the Ring of Honor legends to take on the new guys. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it, just... It's been... Good. <clears throat> No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, not at all. I mean, and the, you know, the people that we're bringing back on the past versus present show. I mean, it's going to be. It, it's not necessarily a clash of styles because Ring of Honor has always been centered around that professional wrestling competition comes first. I think that show is really going to be something special. I, I'm sure there's stuff planned. I don't want to know about it. I, you know, but I, I'm going to be glued to the TV. I'll tell you that much. I tell you what, man. We had Dan Moff come back um, oh, yeah. a couple of months ago, and he had a match um, with PCO, and tore the house down. Now Dan Moff's a member of the Ring of Honor um, roster. You know, again, you know. So a lot of these guys are coming back, man. These guys are fighting for a job, man. They they're coming for opportunity. So this is this isn't a blow off show to where you see these guys and then they go off to the oblivion, you know, and, and there have been teasers about Cedric and I, even, even at, you know, WWE or whatever, people are like, well, what about the CNC Russell factory and all that? Cedric's doing a phenomenal job where he is. And, and I'm happy where I am. If our paths cross again to do it, you know, we will both uh, jump to it, you know? Um, but if the, when the time comes, the time comes, I'll put it like that. Um, but this show, the past versus the presence, man, is, is something that, um, anybody can sink their teeth into, and I believe there's so many. There, there are guys out there now that they're still doing it. You know, you got ne Necro Butcher. You got these guys. They're still at it. They're still doing. It. They still got it. And so, um, what better place to see it? It's kind of a nostalgia um, type thing as well. You know, I like to see the the old Ring of Honor logo back on the mat. You know what I mean? Sure, uh, the HD net logo. Little, yeah. yeah, yeah, just just throwback stuff uh, on there that can make this real big, man. It's, it's so many great ideas uh, in the mix, man. It's just, just the beginning. We're still at the, at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, and, you know, for uh, talking about CNC Wrestle Factory, if anybody wants to go back, you guys had some great matches with the Briscoes, with the Young Bucks. Um, off the top of my head, Bravado Brothers. Like, And thanks to the Honor Club, you know, definitely check it out. I think it was probably 2013, yeah. 2012 in there. Some really, really, really fun matches when Ring of Honor. Red, Red Dragon? Oh, I mean, 
the list goes on and on. The Ring of Honor Tag Teams division has always been, you know, it's always been the top division, um, yeah. well, the top tag team division, I would say, in professional wrestling. That That's no different. Yeah. So if there's a chance we can get, uh, you know, a CNC reunion, uh, I'm uh, I'm in if your path should ever cross. And listen, before we let you go, uh, I want to talk, you made a seamless transition to the uh, commentary desk. I mean, I know um, after Kevin Kelly left and Steve Carino, that was the really the core of the Ring of Honor commentary. Ian Riccoboni was there for um, a little bit of time. But once those two left, I know Cole Cabana was doing commentary. You were doing commentary. But last weekend, um, Twitter, uh, you you guys were able to do something that nobody has ever done. You have made the Twitter universe um, happy, it seems like, because all of the tweets are coming out were how good um, – Honor Reign Supreme was on Saturday Night at Center Stage, but a lot of those tweets were giving you and Ian a lot of credit on commentary. And I think commentary is such an important part of a professional wrestling match. And I think a lot of times it goes overlooked. But last weekend, I mean, it was the way that you guys worked together and you were telling people why, you know, the wrestlers were doing things and how they were doing things and how wrestlers can counter the things they were doing. And I think it added another layer of appreciation to the matches that not a lot of commentary teams do. So how did you make that transition so effortlessly? Um, I don't know if it was effortlessly. Uh, and, and man, I really appreciate it. And I didn't know that I was getting that type of feedback. That's, that's really appreciative. Yeah, um, there's a lot of positive but, stuff but, out there. Not, it's not all negative on Twitter, believe it or not, sometimes. Yeah. Man, that, that's cool, man. That's good to hear. Um, Ian and I work together well, man. It's got good chemistry. And I worked a lot with, with Kevin Kelly and all. And I think... I've always had, you know, speaking roles, no matter what position I was in, in Ring of Honor. Even with CNC, I was kind of the talker of the group, you know, um, rebellion and, 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 and all that. And I've always kind of been like the talker. And then even with the, the talk show, the Coleman's pulpit and all. And so it, it's kind of like um, I was just given the opportunity and they would, just, they would stick me there. And here's my, here's my take on commentary. I believe that the commentators are the conscience of the product. And if you think about your conscience, you know, your conscience tells you what's right or wrong. It's up to you whether you believe it or not, you know what I'm saying? Or whether you do it or not, your conscience say, Hey, you shouldn't go there. Oh, you shouldn't do this. You know? And then when you do it and you shouldn't have done it, it's like, man, I knew I shouldn't have done that. You know, is that type of feeling. I believe that's what we are. Uh, to professional wrestling product. Here's the problem that I had is that when I was wrestling, you know, way longer, you know, in the big wild side and other places, and even 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 now, I will go back and I'll watch some of my matches and or the show, and the commentators would be talking about. To me, felt like anything but what was going on in the ring, mm-hmm. or, or or you would have somebody there trying to put themselves over and how good they are and this and that, and then you know you have these athletes in the ring and somebody performing at a at a great rate and, and somebody's getting hurt nobody's caught you know some, their lives are like literally on the line anytime they step in between those ropes and and i was just i always felt i'm like man you know if i was going to if i was at that table i would be talking about what's going on in the ring because there's so much going on in the ring that's overlooked when somebody's trying to be uh you know the star of the show and and make the show about them or somebody's you know, making a joke or somebody's talking about uh, another uh, storyline or something like that. I'm like, no, the focus should be on, on the guys that's in the ring. And and if you're on this platform, you're supposed to be on this platform. You know, you, you hear so many uh, commentators, you know, that, that say something like, oh, man, yes, this guy's good, but, but he's missing something or this little this or this little that, you know, that how they're, they're B-rate talent. And I'm like, that's the last thing that the conscience of a product needs to do, you know, you're, you're in there, uh, talking about your product and your product has the best athletes in the world. Why not talk about those athletes when they're in front of you, you know, and that's, and that's the seriousness that I take uh, about that because I appreciate the opportunity that I have, but, but my thing is to try to make people understand how good these guys are. Because it's not just, you know, the regular wrestling that they're used to. A lot of the transitions that these guys make and, and, and the athletic ability uh, that these guys have is bar none. And and I believe it has to be spoken about. And I can't help 
but speak about what's going on in the ring because even when I'm there, a lot of that stuff is genuine uh, emotion because I am still a fan of the product. You know, I watch it, I love it, and 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 um and I'm engulfed in it, and I'm blown away, and and I'm happy to be able to be a voice uh, to show the world that you know this is the best wrestling on the planet. And if you missed it, I'm gonna try to explain to you what you're missing because it's not just oh, this guy did this move and this move and that move. There's so much in the ability to be able to put... I, I, watched, I watched the um, the Olympics, and I'm blown away by, like, um, my favorite part of the Olympics, like the gymnastics and, and stuff like that, because I'm a, I'm a very strong and athletic guy myself. But to see the, uh, the amount of practice, to know the amount of practice that goes in to what a lot of these guys are doing, I don't believe... Um, the regular person understands it. And what has happened is, um, and I hope I'm not drawing this out too long, but what has happened is we'll sit there and watch somebody do uh, three back splits, a quarter turn, and a plant, and then when they plant, they foot will go back, and they're like, oh, they didn't land right. You have no idea what that person just did. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and, but but we're trained to see, oh, they, oh, they didn't stick that landing. That's not going to be good. Do you know what what they did or what even these dives that you know that the the divers that 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 do all the the flips and all before they hit that water? Do you know what happens if they hit that water wrong? You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's 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 so much that goes behind these athletes um, that's just unspoken, and I believe we're in a world now to where everybody has a voice, but nobody's saying anything. And I got a chance to say something. I'll make sure what I'm saying is what people need to hear. Yeah, and I think that's what comes through is the level of excitement and the level of appreciation for what you know you're seeing in the ring on the commentary. Uh, was there anybody that you you know kind of patterned your commentary style after? I mean, it, it seems uh, the only person I could think of that really kind of talks about the moves and the way that you do was uh, Nigel McGuinness, another guy that you know surprisingly, you know, a Ring of Honor, uh, of course, uh, alumni, but th- again, talks about the wrestling and, and why it's important. Is there anybody that really, you know, you listen to and you're like, oh, okay, I kind of like what he's doing here? No, um, not not really. I uh, I don't really, I listen to, when I watch wrestling, um, I, I watch all of it, you know, and I listen to the commentary and um, I'm not going to sit here and try to name names and, and this sure. and that. Uh, I was always like a, a fan of, of Jim Ross, how how he would get so emotionally involved uh, in the matches. You know, I, I loved uh, Jerry Lawler, how he was a, a comedian, but he knew when to turn it off and when to turn it on. You know, um, and, and there's some times in there where I might say something funny, but it's not against a wrestler. It's, it's, it's about a moment or, you know what I mean? It's to enhance and not to make fun of somebody, you know. Um, those things take take an, an art. Um, I, I like Nigel because Nigel uh, is also like one of those guys, like Jonathan Gresham. He's a he's a wrestling encyclopedia, you know. And so for somebody like him to uh, to call a match and to know so much about the product um, and and about the sport um, is is also somebody that you know you listen to. But it's just emotion, man. And, and um, you can tell when somebody's there to do a job and when somebody's there to to get a point across. Um, about what they're watching, and and it's and it's so evident to me because my ear can hear it to where you can tell when somebody's there that don't want to be there, and and I hear like people say, man, you know, are you going to be wrestling or are you going to be doing commentary? As if as if it's a demotion or you know like like I've been demoted or I'm retired or you know like I've been brought down to a level to where all I can do is talk now. Oh, and it's nothing like that. I still stay in shape for the ring. I'm still very active. You know, um, this is my job now. And I, and I thank God that he's given me the opportunity to, to have a, a transition like this because I'm 42 years old, you know, and I know I can't wrestle forever. I still feel I have, you know, a lot in my, in, in the chamber, you know, um, but realistically speaking, I know I can't do that forever. So to have a, a transition in place to where I know I can talk a lot longer than I can wrestle, uh, is a blessing to me. So it's, I feel it's my job to, to make the best of it. Yeah. And you know, at 42 years old now, like you said, but it's not like, you know, 42 years old was many years ago when guys don't take care of themselves. I mean, 42 years old, I mean, right. 
that's there's 10 years left on look at pco you know could be wrestling yeah. through 70 who knows yeah he's, he's he's an anomaly man you can't measure PCO. <laughs> that's that's one of those guys like he hit the lottery you know what i'm saying it's not like i'm gonna grow up and i'm gonna hit the lottery you know that might not happen <laughs> no that's for sure and let me tell you something he doesn't really uh care for himself in the ring like he's too worried about it either with the the stuff yeah, he, he does but. oh my god I, there's a there's a scene um or there's a, there's, a, there's a part uh, in Final Battle where he's thrown off um, the hearse onto the barricades that are that have been like stacked up, and he missed it by like not even an inch. And it's like the, the stuff that goes on uh, that that he does. It's like oh my god! It's like he, he's escaped death. So just I'm man. It's like. I don't even know how I I can't figure it out. No, when God choke slammed him, uh, God choke slammed him from the ring to the outside on the floor flat yeah. at the Madison Square Garden yeah. show. Like the arena just like stopped, and everybody was like, "What? What did we just see?" You know? so, this is this is stuff that he does regularly. Yeah, and then like you you see him like in the back later, like hey, you know, yo, you all right? Yes, I'm good. Like, <laughs> like, like nothing. Like he's getting dressed, getting ready to go get something to eat. You know, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this the, the scariest thing I I seen was uh he had missed a dive one time, and uh he had, like hit a malfunction or something, missed the dive, oh. but he landed head first. And when he landed, when he I was on commentary, he sat up and his blood was just shooting out like a water fountain fountain from his from his eye and um it had split open right over his eye man and that was to me the scariest thing ever and it, now that knocked him loopy you know but he stayed in there and like it, and they sent guys from the back to say hey you know hey Peter, come on let's, let's go to the back he's like nope i'm finishing the match like, <laughs> like, nope like just just wave them off i'm good just, yep. just kept on wrestling and i mean there was no there was, it was like he was busted hard way no other way but hard way but like fountain not not fountain like laying i mean like it was shooting up like somebody pressed a water fountain and, and the <laughs> blood was shooting up like that that's yeah, how that's the blood was I shooting remember up. That. he landed face first and he had the malfunction he dove to the wrong side and he landed directly yeah. vertically down on his head yep and like he he just he did not him looking for a while and they sent guys from the back to say hey come on let's go to the back you know and he was like, "Nope, I'm good." And just like waved him off, pushed him away. He was like, "No, I'm finishing this." Like, there's, there's some like the thing is he's not human, but something ain't. Hey, something ain't human. <laughs> 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 so that's all I'm gonna say. Something ain't. Hey, that that stuff. Hey, he something's up. Yeah, we might find uh, out he's legitimately I'm, not human at, at the end of this. That, that's what I'm saying. He, he gave his uh, heavyweight title speech, and he was like, "Man, I love you from the bottom of my car battery." And I almost fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he is something else, man. I met him. Uh, oh man, how many years ago? It had to be like two thousand nine. Um, when I was living in Kuwait, and he came and did a tour over there, and I, I was wrestling for a company in Kuwait at that time when I was living overseas. And, and we just hit it off, man. And we've been like friends ever since. And um, to see to see him then, see him now, and like just the way he was, with the transformation he's went through, it, I don't, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's movie worthy. Yeah, I I would watch that. He's got uh, a heck of a story, and you know you have a heck of a story too. And we we first of all, we can't thank you enough for your time on the show. Do me a favor, tell everybody where they can check you out on social media. And I believe you've got a show in Qatar coming up. Is that true? Super Slam. Yeah, yeah yep, yep. Super Slam. Uh, it's February twenty first. It'll be shown on Fight TV. Um, oh, where really? I'll be That's great. The card is unbelievable. Yeah. The amount of talent on that show. Yeah. Oh man, it's ridiculous. I'm gonna try to. Try to become three-time uh, uh, king of the ladder, you know, champion. Um, uh, but I got a, a big, uh, a big, a big mountain to climb. You know, the, the card is stacked, man, and, and that's to say the least. It's got so many, so many stars there. Um, but I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna do what I do. I'm gonna do my best and see what happens. You know, um, I just, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. 
um, to be able to do stuff like that. And um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's literally a dream come true. I'm getting paid to go to another country to perform a country that people pay to go uh, vacate. Right? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. So it's uh, just stuff like that makes you really appreciate um, the sport, man, and following your dreams. And, and I mean, I, I don't mean to talk so much, but you're talking to a commentator and a preacher. So, you know, when I start talking, I start talking. No, <laughs> but, no we appreciate but, it for sure. But people, man, like there's so many, they say follow your dreams and all that stuff. That stuff's real, man. And uh, I believe in just following. If you're going to go, if you're going to go for it, go, go all the way out. You know, if you're halfway following your dream, it, it may halfway come through. If you give it a quarter amount of time, it might quarter come through. You give it a hundred percent, man, you're going to get something out of it. And, and I really believe that and we're in a day and time where it, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what you are, you know, black, white, gay, straight, whatever, pink, purple, whatever, man, like you can make it, you know, if, if you, if you put it, if you put it on there, man, and you, you put the work in, you have good work ethic, you can make it. And whatever you do, I'm not just talking about wrestling. I'm talking about period, man. We're in a world to where if you have it, you can make it. And so anybody out there, man, that's thinking about doing anything, man, whatever it is, you know, just put everything you have into it. Don't halfway do it, man. Just go all out with it. And when you go all out with it, man, the way this world acts is the world is jumping right behind you and help you get the rest of it done. You might not have the money, but I promise you, you're going all the way out with it, man, that the money will find you. You know, and and that's just the way it works, man. So you also asked about social media, man. I'm I'm uh I'm terrible at playing hide and go seek. I'm easy to sign. Uh, <laughs> uh, Caprice, I'm Caprice Coleman on Facebook. I'm Caprice Coleman on Instagram. Caprice Coleman on Twitter. You know, um, I'm very easy to find, man. Terrible at hide and go seek. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I, I love the mindset. I also, you know, I believe in the laws of attraction. You throw positive things out there, positive things are going to come back to you. You know, keep the positive mental yeah. attitude and, uh, you know, nothing but the best for you. Nothing but the best to ring of honor in uh, upcoming 2020. Best of luck. KSR Pro Wrestling coming up. I mean, it just, I, I have a great feeling about this year for, uh, for the company and for yourself. And we cannot thank you enough for joining us and spending a lot of time on our show. So thank you so much, Caprice Coleman. It's been a pleasure. Hey, thanks for the opportunity.